Welcome back, horror fans, to another edition of Week in Horror After Dark. And our special guest tonight is actor and producer Kyle Hester, known for incredible titles such as The Chair, Preacher 6, and Zombie with a Shotgun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. I just want to say I had such a blast on, on your podcast, Week in Horror. It, it was a it was a pleasure to to be on and talk about all of those films and uh, it it was just it was just awesome just like put everything aside we're gonna bullshit about films so it was it was great I loved it awesome awesome yeah that's the uh, I, I mean I, I've the feedback is is fan has been so fantastic when you know we because so, like I've like I've told many people before and like you know like we've said. When you get into this business and you you know the business of filmmaking or the industry, um, it, it all starts off because we're all fans. We're all huge fans of it. We want to do it ourselves and we want to get it. But once you get in, it's it's very much like any job. And while you know you're doing what you love, oftentimes you don't so much get the time to be a fan anymore and just do what fans do, and that is sometimes sit around with your friends and nerd out about the things that you love. And I wanted to bring that back to the industry professionals to be like, Hey man, you know, let's just sit around and just, you know, do what we do and just, you know, talk, you know, talk nerdy about the genre we love. So I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It was an amazing episode. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, but definitely we want to talk a bit about you and your career and we're definitely going to get to zombie with a shotgun. Cause I want to, we all want to <laughs> I love that title. how that came up. Love the title alone. <laughs> start with new man. We got to know because everyone's got their, their journey into this genre. You know, we all started somewhere, you know, my, mine was pretty much the movie aliens and it was all downhill there for me, for me and everyone's, you know, I know Johnny and Eugene have their unique experiences uh, getting into it and how we became, you know, lovers of the genre, but Kyle, you know, you know yeah. it's not everybody who gets into this. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, how, what was the the entry for you? The entry for me into onto all this craziness was The Shining with Jack Nicholson. And okay. I was in, I don't, um, I don't, I don't want to age myself because I'll be 20 ever, ever. But um, it, was, it, was, it was in school, which school. But, um, um, but any, anyway, enough of that. So The Shining. So I'm watching the shining with jack nicholson and it was like i was all of a sudden transported into another world of like the brilliance of a brilliant actor and all of the suspense of the directing and the subject matter and it was just like i have to do this this is the thing so it's like i didn't know you know what whether whether i was going to go do like you know New York, Broadway, you know, that kind of thing. I, I can sing and dance. So it's like, do I go the Broadway route with, you know, musicals and, and that kind of thing? And then it was like that movie changed the trajectory for me, for, for what I was going to do. And it was just like, okay, so film is it. That's what I'm doing. And, um, and that has been the journey, like, since then has been how to do that and make that mark that those amazing people, you know, can do like they did with the shine with the shining. So that, that was it for me. An excellent place to start Kubrick, you know, of all the, yeah, the directors, because um, he had that same similar effect on me with 2001, just the mm -hmm. use of color that, you know, everything about that movie. And of course, you know, I love sci-fi as well. Um, as you can see, yeah, if, if you look at mine, John Carpenter is my, is one of my big influences is, as is HP. The thing. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. My my number one of all times. And so, So oh yeah. And uh, so you, I mean, you get going and of course I see Johnny salivating over here. So we got to ask, so we're just going to, we're going to jump right to it. Zombie with a shotgun. Um, okay, when I first heard the title, when I first read, it, I was like, "Zombie with a shotgun." I think, I think Rutger Hauer, Hobo with a shotgun, the uh, right. which was an amazing film. But Zombie with a shotgun, how does that? I mean, there's a story there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay, first, well, let me tell you. Um, so, Zombie with a shotgun is Hilton Ruiz's film, and that, that's his like uh, his his whole baby. So he he like developed that from a web series. And he so he had like six episodes on YouTube of it, and um and I had just done um the chair, and I was starting to think about like what the next film was, and I saw like either either Hilton friended me or I friended him on Twitter, and, and I and I saw he had this huge following, and uh, and he was talking you know, to you know his film Zombie with a Shotgun, or so I said anyway. So one thing leads to another, and I call him up, and I said you know, what are you, what are you doing? What's, what's the plan here? You know, with, uh, with this, with this film. And he said, well, I'm, you know, I'm talking to some people and, you know, some, some money said that they're, said that they're interested in investing and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, they want to take me out to dinner. And so he's doing all this bullshit, you know, that never really happens. It's like people love to do dinners, but they don't like to write checks, you know, for, <laughs> for yep. films. And, um, so, and he had been kind of like jumping through hoops and going through the ringer, you know, these people, people, and, um, and nothing was coming of it. So he felt like he was spinning his wheels and I was like, well, fuck it, man, let's just do it. You know, let's, uh, let's just, you know, make it do a Kickstarter, do an Indiegogo. We both have huge followers and, you know, so let's, let's like make, let's make the film, you know, and not like rely on, on these people who hold, who hold like the keys to like, you make your movie, you make your movie. If you, you know, do all these, whatever doesn't ever you know it comes to it comes to anything so so that's so we just went full-on indie with it like crowdfunded you know a few um investors um you know thankfully put some money into it and um so that's that's how it happened so it's like my so basically i played you know hank ray which is the bounty hunter in that but um but i had i didn't have anything to do with like the storyline or or anything like that so i just brought my my acting and um and other you know resources you know to to help make the film happen for for hilton that's amazing and i and that's that's, cool. i want i want i want to get word out about this because you know it definitely needs to be seen by more and more people <laughs> just just by virtue of it. yeah you know and when I, when I said earlier it's like it's one of those films where it's like people you know like when you're talking about a zombie film it's like people are expecting a certain thing you know and this movie is it's it's like an art house film. So it's an it's like an art house zombie film. It's like uh, it's going into the mind of a person that's going that you know that's like turning into a zombie. And how how did the, you know the virus happen? And so it's kind of like going inside baseball and inside the, the mind of this um, of this character that turns you know is the zombie with a shotgun. And um, and like my character is chasing him to you know to get like, you know, the, the serum and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of like how, how it goes, but it, it's, it's trippy. There's like, there's animation and, you know, dream sequences and, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, a, it's like if you're expecting like, you know, train to Busan, you know, or something like that, 
um, then it's it you will be disappointed because that's <laughs> that's not what it is. But if you like you want to grab a you know grab a glass of wine and like and just like go for a ride, that's what this is. So um, so yeah, and you'll like if you see the Amazon you know reviews, it's kind of like that. It's like be oh man, this is so cool. To what what a piece of garbage. So it's like it's kind of whatever the mindset you know that you go into it with is is kind of what you're gonna get out of it. I mean, that's when you know you've made it when you've pissed them off and made them happy all at the same time. Yep, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a little something for everyone, and um, and now we're talking, or you know, it's like going coming through this pandemic, man. It's like where do you go? How do you do it? How do you re-reach an audience? You know, how do you you know fund a film you know and that's why i got passionate about you know asking people to join your patreon you know i have one too but i wasn't going to plug it at that moment you know <laughs> it's like it, because that really is like how how we keep these things going you know and, um so now it's like i've been talking to hilton and you know he'd been how do i survive i have kids and you know all this kind of stuff and i'm like hilton man what else what are you going to do what else are we going to do you know so it's it's time to you know, let's, let's do zombie two, you know? So, so we're going to do, you know, zombie shotgun two is going to happen. He's like building up his Patreon now. And I would, you know, just going to keep that, keep that train rolling in this, like in this crazy time. So, um, yeah, man. So we're all kind of in this together. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. The fact that you said you're going to make zombie shotgun too just makes me happy on the inside. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just it just tickles you in all the right ways. Yeah. You know, uh, it could be it could be, it could be the worst movie ever made, and I, I will go watch it um, and rewatch it and probably put it on repeat for a while because <laughs> simply because oh, right of, on man, it's zombie with a shotgun too, which means the first one was good enough. Somehow, to Some, justify somehow, it, like, <laughs> you know, it's like some people watched it. You know, my mom was not one of them, but there, but people did watch it. You know, I know what I've seen reviews, and they talk about the character, so they've actually watched the movie. And um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that um, it's 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 exciting that we're even talking about like making another film instead of like, you know, okay, well, what am I going to do now? You know, do, mm -hmm. it's like, do I, I guess I'll just drive, you know, Uber, you know, for in, until something else happens, you know, because it's like, this is all, this is all new, you know, how, how we all get through this, you know, and, yeah. and break into the next, whatever's coming, you know, however we make, however things get financed, make money, you know, it's like in making money from films, it's like that. It, it's his own thing, you know. So how do you do that? What's the plan? You know, so there's so much to it. And it's like in the fans are really what keep this whole thing going for all of us. You know, it's like the fact Absolutely. that like, you know, your your film, The Chainsaw, or, uh, not Chainsaw, um, Nailgun, you know, it's like it's because there's a fan base, you know, and they, they want they want to see this. So it's like. It's it's up to us to keep going, you know. Absolutely, that's true. Yeah, uh, if it's one thing that I definitely, I, the longer I'm in this industry, the longer I, you realize how small of a family it really is, and we are 
in it together. And you know, we and everybody needs should be supporting one another in respect so we can continue to make new and interesting things and really start. And, and as what I love the horror genre for what it does is it pushes boundaries and yeah. breaks new ground. And that takes all of us. And uh, one thing that, that struck me, and as I was I was looking over the work that you've done, and I and you're the first director we've had on who's worked on an anthology, and mm. at the time that we had them on, and you did mm. art direction on tales uh, tales of Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to bring this up because my wife and I uh, we we have a tradition on Halloween we will watch there's there's several specific films we'll watch uh, for for Halloween we'll watch Trick or Treat and um tales from halloween and we'll watch holidays but tales tales of halloween is one of those in our kind of like you know night kind of like you know our halloween tradition and that's cool that that's an interesting and because you know because i found it on netflix and i was like you're definitely going to add this to it and i and it's interesting because anthologies you have multiple directors you have multiple writers you get multiple productions going on and you're doing art direction for what like I think one it, four different uh, people and if it was four segments it was on Sweet Tooth, This Means War, Friday the Thirty First, and the Ransom of Rusty Rex, and mm-hmm. so uh, that's four different minds that you're working that, that you're basically four different visions that you're working with, and I've I've never done anything like that myself. Um, that seemed wholly interesting to me, and how how you made how you make that work i mean it, it could be it could be simple but i would like to get uh, well I, I can tell you i can tell you because the it was super low budget you know like we were talking about earlier so it's like how do you how do you make it happen so fortunately being in la there's like craigslist is a huge thing and people leave shit on the sidewalk you know and like you really like you will see furniture you drive down streets you will see furniture so it's like you can almost like if you have a truck and go for a drive, you can like start picking up furniture for your film to uh, to put in the film. And it's like and we reuse sets, you know, couches got covers on them. Um, there was this one. What was a tool bench? You know, um, it, it, like there was like it got it was a nice bar. And one of the scenes, they got flipped around for a bench. And the other one where like uh, where I think the pumpkin, you know, like somebody. There's a there's a pumpkin sitting on like a tool bench or something, and and something bloody happened there. It, it, oh, like the, the head came through the pumpkin, you know, or, or something <laughs> like that. So that was like you know from another piece of furniture that just got turned around. So so basically, we use and reuse things, and it, it's all about hiding things. And then it's like, okay, well we have this. Okay, no, we got to save that for this other one. You know, this piece of furniture for that. You know, or whatever. This lamp. You know, you know. Uh, put a different lid on it, you know, a different lamp, you know, shade, you know, so it's like, it's like anything that you can do, you know, to, to make things look different, where if you watch the films closely, you'll go, Hey, that was in the other one. <laughs> you know, but, but it's like, so the trick is like spray paint, you know, is a great way to, um, to, to make things a different color, you know, make things go away. Um, so Yeah. Art do you think that that's something that every filmmaker needs to go through, uh, or do you do you think that there's something to be said about skipping that that process? You know what I I, I do I do I think that I do, I think that as filmmakers is that you should get on sets and do everything you know because otherwise you end up being a director that's like just do that make <laughs> you know you know and then you're that asshole 
you know, and it's like, you're that asshole that I don't want to work with, you know, because you really don't understand how it is to make a film and it's all a big team effort, you know, so it's like, we're all in this together. So it's like the big wave of the hand, you know, with the director, the shot, want the shot like this and whatever. It's like, man, you got to get your head out of your ass because it's like, if you've been to school, you know how this all works, you know? So, um, and having done everything, it's like yeah, divas, divas, I want them, you know, a, you know, a male or, you know, you know, as far as acting or like anybody, crew members or directors or whatever. It's like there can't be egos, you know, because it's like absolutely it it fucks everything up, you know. So it's like it, that that will be the, the the squeaky wheel that um, that will ruin it, you know. So unless you you can solve it with money, if you've got lots of money and it doesn't matter, then you have time to deal with ego and like no, I have to piece of art, piece of art, you know. If you're dealing with art department or whatever, you know, and I'm I'm not bashing any department because i've done them all you know but it's like there can be all of the divas from any particular um department you know you know whether it be gaffer or or whatever you know that that will waste your time and day day you know as a producer because of an ego of having to do something a particular way not having the money to make that time happen. Like I said, it's like, if you have the, the money, you can do anything, you know, but if you have 300 grand versus a hundred or, you know, 1.2 million, that's a different mindset. That's like yep. a Roger Corman. We're getting this shit done and, uh, and we're gonna do the best we can do, but we get the we're, we're getting these pages today, you know? <laughs> so have your shit wired. And everybody be on point because if something goes wrong, we got to fix it right now because there is no tomorrow. Yeah. So, and that's the mindset you have to have. And man, I hate me. I hate me a cheeky gaffer. You know? <laughs> 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 gaffer. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, I would see. I, I like the fact that you talked about in terms of doing every job because I think that's something, if you're going to be a producer or director, that you should be able to do every job so that you know the mindset and how to communicate because like what Kevin Smith said, directing is communication, communication, communication. And you have to know how to communicate with your DP. Your DP can know more about cinematography than you. That's perfectly fine. But you have to be able to be like, okay, um, you can't just go, DP, can you make this more pretty? <laughs> and so, like, I thought that was like the that was a cure all. <laughs> but if but if you go into it like okay, I'm looking for a soft shadow, I'm looking for a rim light, I'm looking for a more of a kind of a color tone here. Having if you've been a DP, then you know you will know how to talk to and how to communicate what you want to a right. DP so that you get what you're looking for. And a lot of and a lot of people who just go straight to a directing chair, they're not able to do that. What was it that uh, Kevin Smith does when he was talking to his? Because he, he works with the same uh, director of photography all the time, so they're, they're set up for a shot. And you know, the DP is like, "Kevin, what kind of uh, what kind of lens do you want to use in this one?" And uh, Kevin's like, "I don't know uh, this." Or he'll do something, and the DP's like, "I gotcha." because you know, he doesn't know his, his lens sizes, so he's just like, "I don't know." So I'm like, "That," and he was like, "Gotcha, I understand." And this DP will take care of it. So. That's great. That that is freaking awesome. Um, if you can have a team like that because it, it, it's like for me, like I 
I don't know a lot about DP, you know, uh, and that's, that's one of my, because I've never been in a camera crew. So that's one of the things that like that, that I would have to go, okay, I got to learn some shit. And that's what we were talking earlier about like a director, direct or not, you know, and these are, these are some of the questions that, that, you know, I, I go through in my own head. It's like, well, do I do a disservice, you know, by not knowing some of the things that, you know, that, that would be helpful to know, to explain myself, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, is there's, there's the creative vision and, and, you know, and, you know, and try to, you know, this is, this is what I see. And it's like, and this is what we're going for and kind of stuff like that. It's like, I did, I was in Andersonville um, a, a million years ago. Uh, and that was uh, John Frankenheimer directed that. And that was a, uh, like this prisoner of war camp. I don't know if, if you've seen it, but it was like one of the big, you know, prisoner of war in this, in this, in the civil war. Um, films. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard about and, it. Yeah. And uh, it was like, it, so watching John Frankenheimer was like watching and someone conduct an orchestra, you know, and it was, it was amazing. He was brilliant. So it was like, he could like take, there was this one four minute shot, where he had the the cameraman was you know he had um he had he was he had his whole like rig on so he's walking around with with the camera like through through the uh through the this whole prison camp and and like following the conversations of people and then walking and moving to the next thing and then picking up a conversation as a walk and talk you know and then you go over to the next thing and he gets big this big dolly crane so he like the cameraman the the cameraman backs up he walks up onto this dolly crane and then it goes and it lifts up and goes all around the prison camp it's like one of those huge semi truck dolly train dolly cranes and then he it goes down puts him down on the ground and then he picks up another conversation on the on the other side of the camp with like different guards and stuff like that it was a 4 minute shot and it was just like holy shit like how much time do you have to think about you know, to, to make a shot like that happen when there's a thousand people on the set. Oh, you and know? and so I don't know that was a tangent, but, um, anyway, so yeah, there's, there's a lot to know about, about stuff. So, I, I mean, I that's, Im- that's that. impressive because the, you're right. The amount of work, the camera choreography, the lighting choreography, because a lot of times those one take shots, they'll throw a cam- light in camera walks by, pull the light out because the camera's in the back or whatever. And the coordinate, yeah, yeah. you have the guy walking, gets on the cr- he gets on the crane and the crane. I mean, that's that's so impressive. Yeah. Well, this is one. It was. I, I mean, you know, just yeah. I, I, dude, as a director, Eugene, I would recommend watching all of Frankenheimer's films, all of them, Ronin, Birdman of Alcatraz, you know, all that shit. Just it's like it's kind of like resetting our own minds, you know, to go, you know, and, and of course, like there's a bunch of good, I mean, just, I mean, just him specifically for those like long shots that the, the reveals and they're coming in and out of scenes and following actors to something else that you weren't expecting and picking up something. It's all really fascinating to like, to see how someone's mind works through the way that they direct. So, and I think that we can learn a lot from all that stuff. I mean, absolutely. That's, that's impressive. Definitely. Definitely. Now, it uh, one thing that we're always that we're always curious about, especially with our industry guests, is you know we hope that the future of horror is you know is, is big and bright. And, you know, and, and so we love the genre because it pushes boundaries, it breaks new ground, it's constantly evolving and adapting. Like for example, we've talked about 
we anticipate as as climate change and the ecology, uh, the health of our ecology in the world, it becomes a bigger or, or a larger topic on the world stage that we anticipate kind of a resurgence of eco horror and stuff like that, just like we had in the seventies with movies, you know, like frogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like, like prophecy, but um, we, we, we anticipate that. So we really, what we are really curious about is your thoughts on kind of the future of this genre. Cause right now we're kind of like if an, in an elevated horror or, you know, intelligent horror kind of, kind of push We're really, you know, people really, really pushing ideas like that. And where do you think it's heading and what do you kind of hope for? And what do you want to do in it? That's a good question. I mean, because I think that you'll find that, that that's the place to go because of the current circumstances, but then it's like, there's always the counterculture, you know, to whatever's going. So, so it's like, if we, and I think that like, like the film that you guys are doing, you know, if that's the counterculture to what's happening now, so I think that you can catch on to something that is not what everybody else is doing. So, so, and I think that that is something um, to not be on the same track with everybody else because you know it, it. It's like we've all just gone through this thing, you know, and like everybody's gone through it. So it's like I know what it's like to be in my house for a year, you know. It's like, and so does the the, the country, you know. So. I don't think that we need to, as filmmakers, bring people into another claustrophobic environment because we, you know, people have PTSD from that shit. You know, let's take, let's take, let's bring, let's bring back chainsaws and nail guns and, uh, you know, and like the the kind of stuff and, and woods and forests and, you know, and the camps and like this stuff that like of the old stuff outside that's counterintuitive to what everybody just went through. You know, so, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't have a film that's lined up like that, but I mean, it's like, if I had a bazillion dollars, that's what I would do. So the fact that you guys have something that's like that is really, is really freaking cool. So run with that, run with that idea of the counter thing to what everybody just went through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Cause I mean, people, I don't think you can make a horror film in a house right now. Where it's just like, oh, the film takes place in one house or one. I don't think that would sell. I think people want to go know. outside. They want to. They they want to go. They want more. It's more locations, just outside some. I think that it could work if done if it was done properly, because it's playing on that. It's already playing on that anxiety, right? And that's where horror works the best when you play on people's natural anxieties. I think if it was done mm-hmm. right, uh, the uh, a claustrophobic piece would be perfect. Especially after everybody's like, oh, fucking hell. You know what I mean? We can really riff on that. Like we were talking about redoing uh, Mask of Red Death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Astrophobic style film, I think, would work just beautifully if done right. Definitely. You know, go for it. Hey, and each, I, I, if you need an actor, I know a guy. So <laughs> his name wouldn't be his name wouldn't be Kyle, would it? Right, right. <laughs> What's so, your character name? <laughs> so, um, so in the future, do you have any? Uh, do you have any particular things that you would like to do? That uh, I mean, would get, given where your inspirations come from, as as both you know, as both an actor and a you know, filmmaker yourself. I mean, do you do you have the idea of possibly getting into directing or? Just sticking with acting, and is there anything particular you'd like to do in the future? Like, if it, opportunities if they came along. Well, you know what's funny is like I I never really planned on being a producer, so it, it's something that really did. I mean, I told you the story about how the chair happened. 
it, it took me by surprise and then it became something that then I know I knew how to do. So, so then it was like, okay, so now I have this new skill, you know, of like being able to put a film together, you know, to know how, to, and, and so now, you know, and that's, that's what we did with, with preacher six. And so, and so now, and that's another story about like, you know, how, how to navigate things and, and, um, dealing with some post issues, you know, right now, which I'm sure you all know about. Um, <laughs> but it's like, so, so these are the kind of things it's like having to know how to do everything, you know, as, as a producer. So it's like, so I'm having to like, really like kind of go back to school on some things so that I can like finish my film, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I am in the process of doing that, but it's like, you know, and these are the problems that people don't think about and uh, that I didn't really think about you know, before kind of biting off a big visual effects heavy film, you know, um, which, which it is. So it's like, so that's, um, yeah, it's it, the lessons, <laughs> mistakes have been made and lessons are being learned. So, uh, <laughs> well, plus when, yeah, when yeah. you, when you, when you have that jack of all trades and you can, you, you, when you have this extensive knowledge that just justifies when you're on set and they're screwing up you'd be like, you walk up and be like, what do I pay you for and do it yourself? It's like, why am I, why did I hire you? What is it you say you do here? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. James, it's like James Cameron. He's like a, a renowned like screamer, you know. And I, I think that like because like everything, everything, you know, like he came from like a practical effects, you know, mm-hmm. world. It's like so he knows how to do everything. Work with like the Skotech brothers who did Aliens, as we were talking about. It. So like, so like, um, all that was practical. You know, and and which is amazing, which is like a lost art for today of like how to do things practically. And that's like my background um, as well, like, you know, building miniatures and doing like practical effects and and that kind of stuff. So it's like there's so much there's so much to it, you know, like how do what what road do you go down to to like, you know, express this film? That's why you know I really dig mo- like movies. Obviously, like Carpenter's The Thing, uh, the you know Rob Rob Bowden's work on that was absolutely stunning. And then, of course, a more recent one like The Void, which was you know Lovecraftian, but oh, I strongly recommend it. You know, it's a very very heavy Lovecraftian, and avert, I think the only thing that was not practical effects in it, you know, with, with the monsters and the tentacles and shit and all kinds of craziness, the only thing that wasn't practical effects was literally kind of like the matte backdrop at a particular scene, but it was like towards the end of the movie. And it was just to say like, they're not on earth anymore. But other than that. Yeah. But, the, and, but you know, what's funny though, mm-hmm. is that matte backdrop backdrops. That's, that's all practical. And that's practical stuff. as well. That's exactly. Like, yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah. but the mon, the monsters in it, the transformations and all of it, just, Oh, it's just absolutely brilliant. I love, love it. Strongly recommend it. Yeah. Some that's cool. About- I will check it out. My wife and I got into an argument about the thing once. I was watching it, and she came in and said, what is this? This looks so cheesy. I said, just get out. Just get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's when you just feel like, oh my God. no, it's when you, you're, you're yeah. served. You're served. It's done. I can't have this negativity in my life. <laughs> I can't have this negativity. But, uh, like, wait a minute, what thing right now? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Was, you, know, uh, you know what? You know this what like scared the shit out of me as a kid when I watched that was um the 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 hot 
iron or needle when he yes. put the needle yeah. in and they and the blood jumped Boom. and yeah. it was like what oh yeah effective speaking <laughs> of effective jump scares right that was yes yeah jump yes. what, and what yes. they did what they did and i love that because uh, carpenter was talking about that because originally in the screenplay they would they only used the fake hand in one shot and the video because they had the, the fake hand the, the, the fake mccready hand with the deal in it and then they just do the the pump where it jumped up and it jumped out and then Carpenter was like, wait, 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 hang on a sec. So we, we we have this one shot where the blood jumps out. We have the fake hand set up, but you see it coming because if, if you watch it and you're like, you're looking at what McCready does, he realized it didn't work. So they added in the shot to do, let's go ahead and do child or let's do uh, the, the first one. Let's use the fake hand first with no effect so that it will sell. It was like, so he'll be looking at it. He'll go, Dude, oh, and then nothing happens. That way, when we use the fake hand again, People won't be anticipating because they'll look at it right. and be like, "Oh, okay, cool, it all's good." And we've then we've established with, the arm. Yeah, we've established yeah. the arm. It's not you know, it's like you know, no, no one's going to see it coming because we've established, oh, nothing happens there. Good to go. Right. And they do it again, bam, and then the the. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. Very that was actually pretty cool. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, such cool stuff. But yeah, she got mad at me because I said, "Well, this looks this looks bad." I said, "Why?" Because I could tell it's a dummy. I said, "Yeah, but it, <laughs> but here's the thing." With practical effects, at least what I'm looking at, I could physically go find and touch. Yeah. With CGI, right. it's all cartoon shit, which to me doesn't yeah. resolve, right? It's, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that the, the 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 visceral nature of practical is is something you can't duplicate, like with with digital. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, is like with with Preacher Six, like we have demons. You know, and it's like in the demons turn into like basically like car cartoon demons, you know, and it's like they're people and that they eventually will turn into this morphed kind of thing. So so we have like both. We have like we have practical people and we have like demons and that they are computer demons. So it's like that's the world that I am in right now. And the thing is, it's like if I had like, you know millions of dollars i would have built a world and had like you know a bunch of practical you know creatures and made it like aliens you know in alien suits mm -hmm. and everyone would be wearing a hundred thousand dollar suit but that's not the world that i live in so you know. <laughs> uh yet we'll say yet you know yeah, who knows yeah. maybe maybe sure. maybe amazon decides to start giving 0.7 cents per play um you know and then uh Filmmakers can actually make money on film. Sure, I'll so, just uh, yeah. call Stan Winston here, right quick. Yo, yeah, Stan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan yeah, exactly. Winston, JL. Um, Stan Winston is. I'm that heavily connected. I thought you didn't believe me, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been absolutely awesome. Thank you uh, once again, Kyle, for joining us, especially for our after dark session. Absolutely. Is um anything uh, at all? Uh, I'll be uh, coming up. You'd like to remind our audience about um, big projects similar. Anything that you can talk about? If anything, so I don't know if you have anything super secret on the uh, on the uh, stove cooking. Oh no! You know what? Um, basically, we're just trying to get Preacher Six done. So I do have an Indiegogo right now that's running for the post on Preacher Six. So if you just look up Preacher Six, just like it's it's spelled like it sounds. Um, on Indiegogo, then it'll pop up, and you know we do have perks for all the good stuff on that, from you know from ten bucks on up. So everything helps, and uh, so that's what I got going on right now. And then the rest will maybe 
go out of the the horror genre for a minute, uh, besides for um, Zombie Two, which I'm not producing. But uh, so yeah, so but follow me at Kyle D Hester on Twitter, and then you'll know everything that's going on. Awesome, awesome, and we will make sure to put a link to the Indiegogo down in the description for any of our listeners who would be interested in helping to get that project off the ground. Because when it comes down to it, you guys, the fans, are the ones that help us do what we love and then bring you what you love. So thank you again, Kyle. This has been an absolute blast. Um, this has been Week in Horror After Dark Session with special guest Kyle Hester of Zombie with a Shotgun. I am JL. I'm Johnny O. And I'm Eugene. <laughs> and, we, and we will see you all next month. And as always, stay scared.